Welcome to the House of Cinema podcast. My name is Joe, and with me today, as always, Olivia and Dylan. And in the house today, we are officially entering the world, the wizarding world of Harry Potter. November, we have dedicated to all things Harry Potter. October, obviously, we dedicated to all things horror. And we needed to find an excuse to do Harry Potter. So we decided, hey, it, November. I don't know if that really counts. I feel like Harry Potter is more of a Christmas movie. like, And it's not Christmas movies, but I feel like a lot of people watch it in Christmas time. I don't know. We wanted to do Harry Potter this month, so that's what we're doing. And to start us off, well, we're talking about Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, or in the States, the Sorcerer's Stone. Now, going into this, I know one thing. Olivia is a big fan of Harry Potter. Olivia is excited. So, Olivia, let us know your history of Harry Potter. I want to know the beginning. I want to know, did you read it first? Did you watch it first? What was it like? Were you excited? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Just tell me your Harry Potter history. Okay, okay. Here we go. So, um, I think that I read the first book before I saw the first movie, I believe. I was definitely fairly young. I feel like it was a book that was maybe read to me. I don't necessarily know if I read it myself. Anyways, I really liked Harry Potter when I was young. So I saw the I saw the first movie, second movie, third movie. And the third movie, Prisoner of Azkaban, was the only movie, Harry Potter movie, sorry, that my family owned on DVD when I was growing up. Interesting. Okay. So that movie I have seen probably 10 times, 20 times maybe more than every other Harry Potter movie. Perfect. Because I would just watch it all the time. So as I grew up, I started to kind of not like Harry Potter that much. Ooh, were you too cool for it? Was that why? Well, you know, nothing really happened. I just was not that into it. Okay. And I remember in like grade seven and eight, I went to a new school and I made these friends who were all obsessed with Harry Potter. And at recess, we would find sticks and pretend that they were wands. What spell did you cast? Well, see, my friends were all really into Harry Potter, so they'd be playing, but I wasn't really into Harry Potter, so I would just go Avada Kedavra and just kill them wow, all. Wow, you, you're you evil. Okay. And nobody wanted Straight to play with me. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play with you either. I would be like, that girl's weird. Can we get her away from us? Okay. Fast forward another maybe two years, and I absolutely had my Harry Potter resurgence. I became insanely obsessed. Like, I read all the books, I've watched all the movies. I mean, I had seen all of the movies many times before. The books, I hadn't read all of them. I think I'd only read the first three or four. But so I reread the ones I read, read all the new ones and became absolutely obsessed. And for the last like since since then, I have been like crazy fan, super fan, obsessed with all things Harry Potter. So that's my life story. That's your Harry Potter history of Olivia. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Dylan, I'm gonna turn to you now. I'm, I'm curious. Were you a big Potterhead from the beginning? Did it take a while to grow on you? Uh, let us know your Harry Potter history. So when Harry Potter won Sorcerer's Stone, the Philosopher's Stone, whatever you want to call it, uh, when it came out, I was five years old. So I had not read the first book yet. And I knew I had them, but I saw the movie first. And I love the movie. I think it's a a modern day classic and I loved it when I saw it too. But I wouldn't say I was an outright like rabid fan like some people were in the beginning. I like loved it, but I wasn't like, I wouldn't call myself like a fan. I was just like a casual fan at best. But when my family moved in like fifth grade, which would be make me probably like 11, maybe 10, I moved to a town in Pennsylvania and I moved from Connecticut so I didn't really know that many people so I decided to read the books the summer I moved and that's kind of when it all like kind of clicked for me and I became a huge fan of the series and I think that was also the same year that Harry Potter 5 came out so I was from that point on like a diehard fan I read all the way I read all the books all the way through um, I owned all the movies, and it was definitely uh, an obsession of, of mine at, as, like, a young kid. Uh, so, yeah, I love the movie now. It's definitely one of my favorites of the uh, franchise as a whole. 
I would say it's probably top five or maybe even top three for me. I think wow. it's a great start Holy for cow. the franchise. Interesting. Very interesting. We'll talk about ranking of the whole franchise probably in our last episode. Wow, I did not expect this to be so high, though. Okay, pretty cool. I will say this is the first time I feel like I'm glad to be older than both of you because I will say Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, because uh, that's what it was called in the United States, was published in 1997, and I was the ripe age of seven years old. So this book was, like, meant for me. It was everywhere. Everybody was reading it in my class. I remember being, like, in fourth grade, third grade. Everybody was reading it. And I mean, like, if you were, you were weird not reading it. I mean, this was before the movies, too. So it was, I, I vividly remember all of us reading it as a class and people mispronouncing Hermione. My whole class was called her Hermione for like <laughs> two straight years until the movie trailer came out. Like, oh, Hermione. I was like, Hermione, Hermione. I called her Hermione for so long. Um, it's Hermione, I called her obviously. Hermione. Like when I read the book before I saw the movie, I called her Hermione in, Hermione? in my head. That, that makes Hermione. sense too. I mean, it's, it's a very yeah. uncommon name, especially to people outside of England. I, mean, I don't even know how popular that name is in england it probably is popular now but like prior to this i don't know how popular it was anyways so i remember this book coming out it came out at the right time i read all of them instantly it was the very first time in my life where i remember people lining up at bookstores for you know the fourth one to come out and the fifth one to come out i remember when the seventh the or the last book was coming out and i remember it was such a big deal youtube was like in its infancy still and people would comment on youtube videos like Oh, uh, uh, Harry Potter died. They'd come out like the last line of the book. Uh, like Snape is dead or Snape dies. It was like the most popular troll spoiler to post on YouTube comments for the longest time. Um, That's so mean. It was crazy. It was like this was such a popular thing to like spoil people and say, oh, hey, Snape dies. Snape dies. That was such a shitty thing to do, but people did it. At any rate, this was, I mean, I grew up with Harry Potter quite literally. So I loved it from day one. Um read them all watched them all very happy with all of them one of my favorite book to to movie franchise you know yeah not all of them are perfect but considering how much is in each book i think the movies do an excellent job capturing the essence of harry potter um the first one which we're going to talk about today i liked a lot it's very fun and wholesome um so i'm excited to talk about it with you guys so let's jump into it uh actually you know what before we even begin any of this, I'm sorry, before we begin talking about Harry Potter, I think it's important we establish one very crucial detail about each other. Do you guys know what that is? Um, What's our favorite Harry Potter movie? No. What's our house? What's our house? What house are we each a part of? I mean, people listening, they may know who we are just via our voice. You know, they don't know who we are. Are I'm assuming we all have taken the Pottermore test at some point in our life. I'm curious to know. Well, I'm not curious now. I think I know for at least Olivia. What house are you a part of? Olivia, tell everybody which house are you a part of and what flag do you fly? So I feel like your prediction for me is wrong. And I feel like you may predict that I'm a Hufflepuff. I do. But yeah, you're incorrect. I am am actually a a Gryffindor. Okay. I think we've had this conversation before. I I can see that. I can see that. I guess. Uh, you you kind of give off like Ginny Weasley vibes. I'm not gonna lie. So yeah, and she's a you know that you know that a bunch of people said I looked like her when I was younger. Mmm, interesting. Okay, like a lot. That's fair. Okay, you're a Gryffindor, Dylan. Tell the world what flag are you flying? What house are you supporting? I'm I'm boring, unfortunately. I'm a Hufflepuff. No, I, don't th- I think Hufflepuff is is pretty pretty cool. I think the most boring one is to be honest. I think it's Gryffindor. But shut uh, up. I think it's Gryffindor is a little boring. But Hufflepuff it's not I think is boring. Fun. I just feel like Hufflepuff is like everyone I run into is like Hufflepuff. I mean, like Olivia is like different because I just found out she's Gryffindor. But really? like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm Hufflepuff. I'm Hufflepuff. I so think I feel I like I run into a lot of Gryffindors. Common. That's interesting. Okay. I know a lot of a lot of Slytherins. I don't know a lot of of other Gryffindors or Hufflepuffs. Interesting. Well, I have taken the test several times, and I have uh, proudly supported house slytherin for many many years now um okay. so i am a proud slytherin here so we have a hufflepuff all different a Gryffindor, and a slytherin okay should be some interesting conversations in the next couple of weeks um no raven missing claw. a ravenclaw i know i know i know maybe we'll missing we'll have to call some intelligence person. i know right now we just have a slytherin 
Hufflepuff and Gryffindor. All right. Well, anyways, now that we know each other's houses, let's jump into the actual movie now. Harry Potter 1, directed by Christopher Columbus. Chris Columbus, the man who directed Home Alone and Mrs. Doubtfire, among some of his movies. It released November 16th of 2001. Guys, that's 12, 14, we're 14 days from a 20-year anniversary of this movie. Wow. Two weeks. That's From this recording. 20-year anniversary. That's insane. Wow. I want to go over the cast one time, and then the following weeks after this, I'll only mention the new cast members. Daniel Radcliffe plays Harry Potter. Rupert Grint plays Ronald Weasley. Emma Watson plays Hermione Granger, not Hermione or Hermione. Uh, (laughs) Robbie Coltrane plays Rubius Hagrid. Richard Harris plays Albus Dumbledore. Alan Rickman plays Snape. Maggie Smith plays Professor McGonagall. And then I wrote down, uh, I don't know why I wrote down John Cleese is nearly headless Nick because he's barely in it, but uh, he's John Cleese. That's why I wrote it. There are a lot of other actors in this movie that I could probably mention. A lot of the characters like Neville and the other students and professors. But this is essentially what we need to deal with. I guess Professor Quirrell, I, I didn't write the actor's name down, so I'm sorry about that. Did anybody write that down? No. No. That's okay. <laughs> Poor Professor Quirrell. I have since. Wait, what if he's like a listener of the podcast and he goes, what the? He's going to be so upset. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. Let, let me pull this up real quick. So now <laughs> yeah. I just feel bad. Uh, Professor Quirrell was played by Ian Hart, who also appeared in um, nothing that I can see or, or recognize. <laughs> Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part 2. But other than nice. that, uh, not much I know. Anyways. Who was he in Part 2? can't remember him. I think it's just a flashback, if I remember correctly. I think he's just Professor oh. Quirrell as a flashback. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. I don't remember. Movie had a budget of $125 million. Went on to gross uh, something like a billion dollars. I don't know. Not that much money. Rotten Tomatoes, though. What do you got? Do you guys know the score by any chance? I do I not. I do not. Okay. Uh, Olivia, what are you guessing? Ooh, this is really challenging. I actually thought about this before we started speaking today because I was trying to ballpark where I thought it would be at. I actually have no idea. So I'm just going to guess. I'm going to say 80% critic score and 85% audience score. Okay, 80 and 85. Dylan, where are you going? I have a very similar guess to Olivia in both categories. Uh, for critics, I'm going to guess 81%, and audiences, I'm going to go 79%. Okay, well, uh, Dylan hit it right on the on the, the nail, right on the head. No. What's that saying? Are you kidding? 81% exactly for critic score. Nice job. Nice. Woo! That's a first. Audience score, both of you guys very close, 82%. 82% audience score. Critic consensus read reads... Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone adapts its source material faithfully while condensing the novel's overstuffed narrative into an involving and often downright exciting big screen magical caper. Woo! Any thoughts on these two scores? 81, 82? I mean, these are both pretty much in the same ballpark. I mean, Dylan, right on the number. Dylan, any thoughts on this? Are you surprised? Are you obviously not surprised. What are your thoughts? You know... I think this is a movie that I definitely have a personal bias towards because it was an important movie in my childhood and just rewatching it, I just think it's so magical and full of wonder. So it's easy for me to really like this movie, but I do think it's a little bit dated in some aspects, uh, especially the CGI. And I think I even read in a place (laughs) where the director, Christopher Columbus, said he wasn't even satisfied with the CGI in the movie. God, that centaur uh, looks rushed. so bad in and this movie. And the bricks. Yeah. So the bricks. bad. When, he, when they go to Diagon Alley for the first time, the, how the bricks move. Like move. Yeah. That's so bad. bad. <laughs> yeah. I definitely agree with that. But then, like, part of me remembers, I think, like, I saw, like, a Roger Ebert and, like, Richard Roper, like, quick review of it on like television and I one of them called it like the Wizard of Oz of our time. Oh, and interesting. That really stuck with me for some reason. And I like kind of think of Harry Potter 1 in that way now. Wow, I like that you brought that up cuz now that's kind of blowing my mind and I like that. I like the way they um relate this to the Wizard of Oz. I could definitely agree with that. The Wizard of Oz of our time came out just in the beginning of the millennia, so it even helps that way. Okay. Olivia, 81, 82, your thoughts? Um, Yeah, that's kind of right where I put it. I know this movie is so beloved by many, so I'm not surprised that 
at least for the audience score, it's fairly high. Critic score, you know, I think it's a product of its time. Definitely aged a bit now, but when it came out, it was a pretty magical movie. And I mean, we we touched on the CGI issues, which I agree with. But other than that, I think they did a great job of world building and introducing us to the characters from the books. Both well said from both you guys. I, I love that this movie could have been, it could have gone two ways, right? Nailed it and built the world and set the stage for one of the biggest franchises in the world. And it did. Or this could have like crashed and burned so hard. And I'm really happy it didn't. You know, considering the book came out in 97, this movie comes out in 2001. So this this movie, like, it feels like they almost fast-tracked this to get this into production so quickly. So I'm just glad it worked out. I agree with both these scores. I think they're pretty on the nose of how I feel about the movie. Uh, I like how both of you guys said it was magical. I will say it for the third time. This is a magical movie, and I agree so let's jump into some fun facts about this movie. I've written down here a fact that I kind of love, and I'll start us off today. According to the internet that I have somewhat vetted and somewhat not vetted, so take this uh, as a grain of salt, but according to the internet, Steven Spielberg was initially negotiated to direct the movie, but he declined the offer. Apparently, Spielberg wanted to adapt the movie into an animated film. And he wanted Haley Joel Osment of Sixth Sense fame to voice Harry Potter. But, like I said, Spielberg declined to direct the movie and instead decided to direct AI, Artificial Intelligence, a movie I actually kind of like as well. After Spielberg left, these other directors were considered to direct Harry Potter. Christopher Columbus, obviously the one who got the, uh, the role to direct. Terry Gilliam. Jonathan Dem, who uh, I think it's pronounced Dem, but he directed Silence of the Lambs which would have been an interesting choice. Wolfgang Peterson, who directed uh, Neverending Story. Rob Reiner. Uh, Ivan Reitman, who directed Ghostbusters. Tim Robbins, the actor Tim Robbins, by the way. M. Night Shyamalan was uh, potentially considered to direct Harry Potter. And then Peter Weir. And Peter Weir directed uh, The Truman Show. Any of these directors you guys would have wanted to see direct Harry Potter besides Christopher Columbus? Is it just Spielberg? I feel like for me, it's just Spielberg. I don't think I want anybody else doing it. But I'm curious to know what your thoughts about all of these potential directors to direct the very first Harry Potter movie. Dylan? I think Spielberg would have been such an awesome choice Same to direct here. the first movie. Uh, now that I think about it, I really wish I could see a Steven Spielberg version of Harry Potter. But a not animated uh, one, right? No, not I, I. That's where I kind of go away from wanting that because uh, I'm just not a fan. I like I just don't think it's right for an animation movie, Harry Potter. Uh, I think it's much more, it's much better suited for a live action uh, film. So uh, I would rather see a live action. But I think that's a really impressive list of directors. Um, I think you know it, they would have all given us a different take, especially like M Night Shyamalan. I, I oh, can't imagine version? what he would do with it. <laughs> Yeah, like, would there be some sort of twist at the end? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, kind of but... a twist, right? Where Voldemort's revealed on the back of uh, Quirrell's head? Oh, yeah. True. I, just, I, would, I would wonder how he'd communicate that twist. It would be like very scary music, and it would be a huge reveal yeah. at the end. I, it's not the You know, I know we joke around Shyamalan directing this, but it's not, like, the most absurd thing to imagine him doing it. He's worked with child actors in the past and has been successful with that, as we saw with Sixth Sense and Signs. So I... I it's not the worst idea. It sounds silly, but it's not True. the worst. True, but also you have to keep in mind the last Airbender and shh, all the damage shh, he did to that shh. property. Well, we we're just gonna <laughs> pretend like that didn't happen. Like, would he have changed the names? No, quiet. You're it ruining it, Dylan. To, you're ruining um, it. What if he changed Harry's name to Harold or something like that? It's much more accurate. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I know. Ultimately, I'm glad it didn't go to him, but I, I just think it'd be kind of funny to... Just imagine a world where Shyamalan directed Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, Absolutely. Any other directors that, uh, that interest you? I think, I forget, I'm already forgetting the name, but the director of The uh, NeverEnding Story. Oh, that would, would have been... Sounds like pretty fitting. Uh, Wolfgang Peterson directed NeverEnding Story. Yeah. yeah. I think that's like a pretty great 80s movie, uh, especially for children. And I could imagine that director yeah. making a movie like Harry Potter. No Silence of um, the Lambs director? You don't think that works? I think that's a little out there, and I think Tim Robbins is especially out there. I agree. That one felt really weird. I had to double-check that was the same Tim Robbins, but I clicked the name, and it pulled up Tim Robbins, the actor. So 
I'm not sure how that came about, how his name was even put in the hat. So Maybe he's a huge fan. Probably, probably. Olivia, any thoughts on Spielberg directing? Would it work? Is there anybody else you like? Well, all I can say is thank goodness that this was non-animated movie. Do you really think it wouldn't work, though? Like, it, do you think it would have been as successful? I feel like it still would have been successful, just maybe not as successful. Yeah, I think so. I don't. I personally don't think I would have been as interested in it. Um, I, yeah, I do think the audience who gets interested in it narrowed down by a lot. Like, I don't think, you know, get older adults into this movie if it's animated. Exactly. And and I think that it's hard. It would be hard to have as many um, like sequels and like the third one, fourth one, fifth one, all animated. I think it would just kind of lose people as as the audience got older and older. I think that, you know, if you're how, however many years old and you're waiting for like Deathly Hallows Part 2 to come out and these have all been animated movies, I feel like it's just not as special as watching the actors grow and age like in real life. Yeah, no, I 100% I feel like agree. If you start it animated, you kind of have to continue going animated. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they would not switch up to live action at all. I mean, no. Awkward. Also, just like think about the quality of the C- of the animation. Like if the CGI isn't good, probably the animation would age too. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people forget, including myself, Toy Story 1, which came out in 95, which is, you know, six years prior to this movie. Uh, maybe 94. I can't remember. But Toy Story 1... It looks bad, guys. Like, going back to it, <laughs> it looks bad. Like, it, it's a great movie. I'm not saying Toy Story is bad, but the CGI and the animation back then, woo, it looks dated. Like, it's insane that we have, like, Coco, which makes me, like, feel like I'm seeing colors. and Well, I am seeing colors. Uh, hearing colors <laughs> is the correct term. Um, and Toy Story looks like it's just, like, blocks. Um, so I, I, I agree <laughs> with Dylan that it would just, it would look bad. It would look bad. Anyway, so that's my fact. I love that the fact that Spielberg was attached to this because like you, Dylan, I agree. Spielberg could have done this well, I think. You know, he has proved himself in that uh, area of like kids adventure stories. I mean, E.T. is, you know, the iconic kids getting into mischief and uh, trying to save the day. I think this is a perfect story for that. Um, That being said, Chris Columbus, who did Home Alone, this also feels kind of, I mean, it's not Home Alone, but kind of feels like that in some way, just, you know, more magical. So obviously did a very good job. So I'm, I'm happy with what Columbus did. I just think it's a, a cool fact to know Spielberg was attached to it at some point. So Dylan, let's move to you. What's a, what's a fact about uh, Harry Potter 1 you wanted to tell us about? So something I found out about Harry Potter 1 in my, in my search on Google uh, was that Robin Williams wanted to play the role of Hagrid in The Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, he really just wanted to be a part of the movie since he was a huge fan but because he wasn't british he was ultimately turned down and the role later went to robbie coltrane uh who's in the movie you both know him well as hagrid but i do think robin williams would have been good as hagrid maybe a little different from robbie coltrane but i'd like to know what do you two think do you, would you have liked to have seen robin williams play hagrid do you agree it should be only british actors if it's only British actors, then why could there be an American director directing it? So I just want to know what you think. Here's what I'll say. I'm just going to jump in for Olivia. Sorry, Olivia. Um, it's okay. <laughs> I love Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid. I think he's great. And I, I love Robin Williams. He's a he, fantastic actor, a great person. Um, I think he could probably do almost anything, and I'd be happy, including Hagrid. I think he could do Hagrid. It would be very different, though. I do think that Robin Williams would have brought a certain type of flair to Hagrid that obviously we're just, I'm just so used to the Coltrane Hagrid. It'd be so hard to imagine in any other way. Um, Hagrid is, you know, I wouldn't say stoic, but he's not very like flamboyant in any way or like super outgoing. He's kind of, I mean, he's literally like kind of a hermit lives by himself off, you know, off the premises far away from everybody else. Rob Williams just screams to me like center of attention type of guy. And, I just don't get that vibe from Hagrid. To address the other part of your question about, you know, the use of UK actors versus um, American actors or anybody else, I, mean, I get it. I, I kind of let me just. I guess this is another thing we should have said in the beginning. Um, J.K. Rowling as a person, uh, I don't endorse. I don't support. Uh, I think that uh, this these conversations we have about the movies are going to be at the movies themselves, and never a reflection 
uh, of me supporting her. So I want to make that very clear now. That's not what this podcast will ever be about, supporting any of her uh, thoughts or, or stances. That being said, she wanted only UK actors to be involved. She's from the UK. I get it. You know, like, you know, I wouldn't want my material to be Americanized. Does that make sense? I wouldn't want something that I wrote intended as a UK-based story to just, like, have Hollywood take over. And, you know, Hollywood has a you know, notorious past of just, like, whitewashing or Americanizing uh, international material. And I, I almost kind of understand why the use of only UK actors. Why You know, the director is a little bit different since they're not actually in the movie, but I get the UK actor thing. Hope that makes sense. I don't know. Olivia, your thoughts? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I completely 100% agree with everything you just said, Joe. Um, with regards to Robin Williams playing Hagrid, obviously Robin Williams is a super, super talented actor and, and can play a variety of different roles, but I just don't really see him as Hagrid. Kind of like what you said, Joe, like Hagrid's a very stoic character and like, sure, he's a little bit goofy, but he's not silly. And I feel like yeah, yeah, Robin yeah. Williams would bring this like silly comedic aura to him. And that's really not what he has. He's more like burly and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, lives on his own, like you said. So I don't know. I just couldn't see it. I, I'm kind of glad it did, that didn't happen, to be honest. Dylan, your thoughts? Robin Williams is Hagrid. Americans playing UK roles. What are your, what's your thoughts? I think Robbie Coltrane did a great job with the role. And like you said, Joe, I can't really imagine any other actor playing him at this point. I also do kind of agree that Robin Williams has more of a comedic flair and probably might have brought that to the character. Although we've seen him in other movies bring a more serious tone to his roles uh, or a little bit more muted. I wonder if he would have done that here. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's a guessing game it of is, it is. what ifs. So I think I'm pretty happy with what we got. Like we've all said, it's just a cool little thing to think about. And I honestly think he just wanted to be a part of the movie because he was such a big fan. But at the end of the day, I think, yeah, sticking with the UK actors definitely made it feel a little bit more authentic. I agree. I agree. Okay. All right. Olivia, we'll turn to you. Final fact before we move on. What do you have to tell us? So, I just found this fact very interesting. Um, but anyways, during the filming of the scenes at the Dursleys with all of the owls when they're trying to drop off the letters, the owls would just be staring at the cameras the whole time. Obviously, they're not great actors. Um, it... <laughs> anyways. Obviously. In the... <laughs> Obviously, they're not trained. They don't know to not look at the camera. Wow, that was um, impressive. Okay. In the one scene where Aunt Petunia looks out the window, they actually had to tie a dead mouse to her apron to get the what? owls to look at her and not at the cameras. I, where'd you find this? Did you? Well, I, I found this, this in an in an interview actually with the actress that plays Aunt Petunia. Wow, she said this, so it's real. That's cool. I I was completely unaware of that. Wow, would you I do that it was for really a role? Neat. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think I would too. It's just a as long mouse. as I don't have to touch the mouse. Like if, it, if somebody's tying it to my apron and then they will take it off, You're I'd good. be okay with that. Yeah. Wow. I did not know about this. Dylan, you knew about this too? I uh, saw this today when I was looking up facts. Yeah. I uh, it, I didn't see it in an interview. I saw mine in like a, a publication that was like, here are some mind-blowing facts about Harry Potter. <laughs> um, although I don't know why a mouse tied to an apron would be mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty cool, though. I do think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I do think it's interesting, for sure. I feel like Olivia always brings in like the super random facts I never <laughs> needed. Very obscure. I never knew yeah. that I needed to know, but there we go. Thanks, Olivia. You're welcome. It's a little nice tidbit. I'm glad, I'm glad you like it. I'll definitely use that at the next party I, I'm at. I know. Same here. I feel like next time I watch the movie, I'm going to say, hey, did you know that uh, they had a tie dead mouse to Aunt Petunia? Uh, wow. <laughs> That's a good one. That tops both of ours, I think. That's uh, pretty interesting. Okay. Anyways. All right. We've uh, talked about facts. Let's talk about the movie. Dylan, your absolute favorite scene from this movie is which scene? This is so hard because I do think there are so many amazing moments in this movie. And it's it's really tough to just choose one. But I think the one that feels the most magical to me is the scene where Harry and Hagrid visit Diagon Alley for the first time. Oh, good choice. Good no choice. Way. You took mine. That's a good one. There's so many sorry, good scenes to sorry. choose, but this is a really it's good okay, one. I'll pick a different one. 
Yeah. What about the scene that you love the most? It's so, like I said, magical, but also heartwarming. When I was a little kid and I saw that for the first time, all I wanted to do was go to that place. Yeah. And you see those little kids go, look at the new Nimbus 2000. And I'm just <laughs> like, yes, I want the Nimbus 2000. That's awesome. And then all the vendors and all the shops, it's just something that really, it's a little piece of world building and it's a small part of the movie, but it really sticks out to me. Yes. I love this for so many reasons. I'm really glad he brought it up. Jeez, I wonder if how many times we're gonna say magical in this podcast in the next like three weeks. Uh like what, ten, fifteen times at least in the next three weeks? Probably more. Um, we should have to take a shot every time we say <laughs> Oh magical. god. I we would not be doing well by the end of this just episode alone. We think we think we said magical like five times already, so whew. Anyways. I love that you chose a scene because this is the first time in the entire movie where this is their opportunity to build the world to us. You know, uh, we got some glimpses of magic before this, but most of it, you know, occurred at the uh, Dursley house or in that random place, uh, the Hagrid visits. This is the, our first eyes to the magical world of Harry Potter. And I feel like they just nail it perfectly. You know, it's, it really does give you a sense of wonder and magic. And I feel like when I saw it as a kid, I was like, fuck, I want to go to an Ollivander's and I want to like walk around the streets. I want to drink butterbeer. I want to just go to Gringotts. It's a great scene. I'm really glad you brought this up. Uh, Quick tangent. Have you guys been to either Wizarding World in Florida or California? Yes. No. And it haunts me every day. Does it haunt you every day? Sorry, Olivia. Uh, Well, Dylan and I have been. Dylan, you've been to Florida or California? I went to the one in Florida. Okay. So I've only been to one in California. I've heard the Florida one is better if i'm being honest you know as a californian i'm a little biased but i've heard the florida one is bigger and better it's pretty amazing is it what, what do they have there they have for well when i went it, i actually this is actually a true story i'm not exaggerating at all but we went on a family vacation and we decided to go to universal for a few days we didn't intend to like go while harry potter was opening up the harry potter world was opening up but it just so happened that we arrived on the day oh. that it was opening up. It was crazy. Like a line of like 8,000 wrapped around the entire theme park. Damn. Uh, it was by far one of the craziest things I've ever seen. But our hotel, I think we were staying at the Hard Rock Cafe Hotel. Um, and they were like, hey, we have like this exclusive where we could take you into the park early and give you like a little bit VIP access to the park. Like in early in the morning, and I'm talking like 5 a.m. Damn, waking up. Uh, but it was we went, and it was it was magical. Um, it was <laughs> just like there was a awesome Amazing. ride where you kind of like ride on a broom with Harry. Yeah, it's like kind of I've like heard virtual. that one. I want to ride and that. They had a roller coaster ride, which was really cool. But also, it's just like it's very much like just the experience of seeing the sights. Yeah, uh, and I just really liked the butterbeer. Yes, the butterbeer was amazing. Olivia, I wanted to try butterbeer. It's so good, Olivia. Have you had it before? No. Oh, it's amazing. I know you haven't had it. I'm just rubbing it in the fact that you haven't had it. Yeah, thank you. You can even get it like ice, like a, like a frozen one during the summer. Ooh, that would it be good. It is delicious. Um, the frozen one is, I think, a little bit better. I think so too. I went two years ago for the first time. I think it opened up in California like four or five years ago, maybe more. Probably more. The California was cool. Like Dylan said, a lot of it's just like aesthetics. Seeing Ollivanders and like all the shops and walking around and taking pictures and drinking butterbeer. A lot of great Instagram moments. I'm going to let you say that right now. Um, the ride though, when I was there, it was only like a 3D ride, which was fun. But there was no broomstick ride. So I was kind of disappointed by that. But still fun. Anyways, that's my quick tangent. Olivia, you can... Uh, sit there and, and be upset with us but uh sorry it was amazing yeah it's all right any thoughts any final thoughts on this uh diagonally scene uh, olivia yeah well i was gonna bring this one up because i love the scene so much i agree with what both of you said i just love the world building that's done in this scene and i remember watching this as a kid i was so in awe of absolutely everything yeah. i wish i could just go into the screen and be there and now I know I can if I go to 
Harry Potter world, but <laughs> I haven't had the chance to do that, okay? Yeah, so, yeah, I understand. It's okay. One day, one day you'll go. But I would love to just go shopping in the shops and buy my books for Hogwarts and my cloaks and an owl or something. Oh, you I get wanted Hedwig so bad. I feel like you're more of a cat person, Olivia. You're not a cat person? Um, No, not particularly. Oh. I think I choose an owl. Uh, Dylan is an owl. I, I, Dylan looks like an owl person. I guess I, I, I think I'd be like a toad person. I'm not gonna lie. I think I'd get a toad. <laughs> I think. I think the owl's really cool. I really wanted Hedwig. I feel like the owl's useful, right? It can deliver letters. So like yeah, the mail. If I don't have an owl and have a toad, how do I get my mail in Harry Potter world? Do I get it via toad? <laughs> I think someone just takes has a to long send time. So, so someone has to send me an owl instead? What if I'm like yeah, a diehard family of toads? Like we only have toads. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine a toad with a message hopping from place to place delivering like the, them. Yeah, send it a month in advance and the toad will get there Take eventually. Take a, a long time. <laughs> uh, okay, anyways. Uh, Olivia, what's the scene you want to talk about before we move on? When I make my move, oh, no. then you're free <laughs> to check the king. Oh, okay. I had this question for, for later. So I'm just going to let you talk about this scene first, and then we'll ask, I'll ask my question. Ron, no, you can't. There must be another way. <laughs> uh, I love that He's this He's going scene... to sacrifice himself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that this scene has become such a great meme on the internet. It's it's just like my favorite thing in the whole world. I love it. It's so funny. Uh, no, you can't. <laughs> Anyways, okay, first of all, if you can look past the horrific acting in this scene... <laughs> Um, uh. it's actually a really sweet moment. Like, Ron, who is kind of a clown and doesn't really do much right throughout the rest of the movie, is so brave or for ever. a child. He is so brave. He sacrifices himself, and he finally gets a chance to do something to help the trio, because so far it's really just been Harry and Hermione. I feel like it's such a big moment for the development in their friendship. Yeah. Because they're like, it's like a life or death situation. They're literal children sacrificing themselves in wizard's chess. I don't know. I remember being terrified of the huge chess pieces when I was a kid watching this. Like nightmare fuel. Interesting. Interesting. Anyways, I, I really, I think this scene's a really big scene for everyone in the movie. And yeah, I enjoy it. So why I like the scene a lot is it's because this is the one scene in the book that always stuck out to me. I remember reading this book and it was this chess scene that like always got my eyes glued to the pages and I read it like really quickly. It was always my favorite scene in the book. So to see it come to life and I feel like they did a good job translating this from the book mm-hmm. to the movie because yeah, it's it's life size wizard's chess and like he's Ron is on a horse and he's, you know, directing everybody to go and he sacrifices himself. I like it a lot. So I like the scene a lot. Obviously the memification of the scene is uh has been just fantastic. I just want to shout out one more scene before we move on to some more questions. Uh, the first Quidditch scene, our very first time ever mm. seeing Quidditch on screen uh, as a kid, this blew my fucking mind. I had always imagined Quidditch in my brain reading the book. Didn't imagine it like this. And it, it's just, you guys, it's so magical to watch them fly around on broomsticks, fucking hitting balls into random hoops and it, it's just so fun. It really, like, just made me fall in love with the world building even more to see them translate this from the book to screen. I'm not sure what you guys feel about the Quidditch scene. Do you guys like Quidditch? Dylan, Quidditch? I love Quidditch. And when I saw that scene as a kid, I I wanted to play Quidditch so, so badly. I know, uh, same. It just I just wanted to play every position. I just wanted to fly around on a broom. What position would you uh, play though? If you had to be if you're hired on Hufflepuff Quidditch team. Thousand percent seeker. You're a seeker? Boring. I wanna chase the golden snitch. I wanna be like that guy who like has to focus on one task and it's the most important task. Wow. Okay. Olivia, you drafted to Gryffindor's Quidditch team. What position are you playing? I think I would be a beater probably. Wow. That seems, I think that's that what I would fair. choose Olivia because I feel like the seeker, I feel like, you know, those dreams you have when you're trying to run, but you can't run and you can't move. Yeah. I feel like that's yeah. how it would feel chasing the snitch is like you're never getting any closer to it. I feel like I'd get so frustrated. I would quit. Okay. So I'd be a beater. Yeah. Beater's a good. I would play keeper, I think, or just the regular. What's the regular position called where you just throw the ball into the hoop? Um 
whatever Offense. that present. Forget. It's like yeah, like fucking forward or whatever. I don't know. Um, I think I played that. That's almost action. Seeker is not enough action for me. They just sit there and wait. Uh, but also, despite the fact that I love Quidditch, I really have a big problem with the snitch rule. It seems like bullshit. I'm sorry. Like, just like catch the snitch, you win. It seems like how many games do, do really go to an ending score and don't end with someone just catching the snitch? I think there are some games in the book where no one ever catches the snitch. So it just ends from the points scored through the hoops. Well, I think actually in um, the Quidditch World Cup in the book, I, I think if I'm wrong, I haven't read Goblet of Fire in a while. Nobody attack me. But I think that what happens in that game is that one of the teams does catch the snitch. However, it only gives you, what, 150 points? Yeah. And the other team still ended up winning because they had more points than that. So the oh, game ended, but the thought, team that caught the snitch didn't even win. I thought if you caught the snitch, you just won no matter what. But No, I think it's 150 points. Well, it is 150 points. Yeah, I just thought you just won. That was always my issue. It's like, man, imagine like playing forward and scoring like fucking 10 points in a row. And then at the very end, it's like, oh, Harry Potter caught the snitch. You lose. Like, <laughs> that would fucking suck. Like, I would be so upset if that's how the game ended. It's a, kind of a. I love a series of just people hating, like a series where it focuses on students at Hogwarts, where Harry Potter's like excels at everything. And everyone's just like, ah, F that guy. He's <laughs> so annoying. He does everything. I'm so glad you brought this up because a part of me while watching this was like, man, if I was just a normal student, I would fucking hate Harry Potter. <laughs> I would hate his guts. Not just Harry. I would hate Gryffindor so much. And you know what? Like, Slytherin hating Gryffindor? Totally warranted. Totally warranted. The fact that like they just get fucking house points out of nowhere for bullshit reasons oh my, would send me over the edge. I'm telling you. I would... Yeah, I would... They're insufferable. Hate them. I would hate them. Spoken like a true Slytherin. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> jeesh. I'm just saying, how, this is bullshit. Like, it's like, oh, here, we're taking away five points for being reckless and chasing this troll. Oh, but here, take five more points for being brave. Like, for, I think it what? was for dumb luck or sheer luck yeah, or something. For five <laughs> points for dumb luck. Like, that's bullshit. Snape should have said, like, fuck that, McGonagall. They get negative 500. Like, no way. They'll, yeah, I, I that, agree. That's a whole the different points- story. The point system would really frustrate me. Like at the end of the movie, when I think it's Slytherin or something, I forget who was going to win. But Slytherin's then Dumbledore's win, I'm pretty sure. Slytherin. Then Dumbledore's like, just kidding. Oh just yeah, like, kidding. like here's ten points to Neville for trying to stand up to them and, and do the right thing. Like, <laughs> fuck that. Fuck Neville. Like that's bullshit. Like oh man. I would hate <laughs> Gryffindor if I was in school with them. Totally warranted. Man, Dylan, you really unlocked something in me right now. Um it would be like, uh, yeah, there's, I feel like a lot of people were like, who does he think he is? <laughs> oh, it's so that true, guy. though. It's so true. God. Yeah. And imagine like. Also, I love how they just forgot the point system. Like, I think it was by the third movie. They just were like, forget uh, that. That doesn't mind. exist anymore. Probably got enough people like me complaining like, uh, can we fucking get some equality here? Can we set some rules here? Because this makes no sense. Wow. That's so funny that you brought that up because, yeah, Harry, imagine being in the same class as him and have to stay with him for, like, f- seven years. Oh, God. That would be insufferable. Okay. It would be a great comedy just, like, watching students, like, hate on Harry Potter. Seriously. Not just Harry, too. Like, Hermione and Ron. Just, like, them walking around school. Oh, my God. I would bully the shit out of them. Okay. <laughs> Whew. Let's move to some more questions here. I- I've actually... I've asked all the questions I wanted to ask already. Uh, any questions you guys want to ask before I do my lightning round? I have a question. Go for it. Let's hear it. So, what would you rather have? The Invisibility Cloak or the Nimbus 2000? And why? That's easy. The Invisibility Cloak. Because invisible. That's why. I mean, uh, I guess flying on what a What would room. you do with it if you had the Invisibility Cloak? Um, what would be the first thing you did? I would probably steal something. I'd probably steal a Nimbus 2000 from the shop. No one would know it was me. <laughs> Spoken like a true Slytherin, <laughs> Wow, Joe. wow. Hey, don't stereotype me. Uh, I don't represent <laughs> all of what Slytherin's values. I just This is what I would do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably steal something. I'd probably fuck around and prank people. Yeah, I would take the cloak. Olivia? 
Oh, I would absolutely take the cloak because you can oh, yeah. buy a broom. You can't just go out and buy an invisibility cloak. True, true. All right. I would definitely listen to people's conversations. That's what I would do. I would, wow, I would that's almost worse than stealing things. want to learn what people think about me. I feel like Dylan wants the broom, and now he's like totally reconsidering <laughs> taking the broom I right actually, now. I asked this question thinking that both of you would choose the broom and that I would be the only one choosing the invisibility cloak because I think it's underrated, if anything. Oh, why do you think that? I just think that it's so useful in like every kind of application. Like That cloak has gotten them out of a lot of tricky situations in the movies and i think and in the books so i think uh it's very extremely useful and like you said you can buy a broom you can buy an imbus 2000 specifically but this is like i mean it was kind of like retconned later in the book but this is like one of the deathly hollows like so yeah it's without a doubt invisibility cloak for me as well yeah and you know the broom is like a car there's always newer models you know we saw firebolt comes out later so I would love to ride a broom, though, to, like, everywhere. Like, to school. Like, I would, when I was a kid, I would have loved to have ridden a broom to school or going to work these days. Like, just seems like so much fun to fly. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, riding a broom would be fun, but ultimately, the cloak is the, the best answer. And we'll look at that. We all agreed. And I feel like we're not going to agree very often in this Harry Potter series, so gotta savor the moment when we do. Olivia, any questions for us? Yes. So you're a first year student at Hogwarts. What class would you be the most excited for? Oh, I like this question. This is the other question I had. Really? Wow. Wow. Yeah. I said, you know, out of all the courses, what would you pick? But I chose the other one. Good. I was I'm happy you chose that one, Olivia. I feel like the easy answer is transfiguration, isn't it? Like that's just like everybody's favorite one. I want defense against the dark arts. Yeah, that looks fun. You know what? I think I low-key think potion making is, is kind of underrated, if I'm being honest. I think that potion making obviously allows them to uh, make polyjuice potion. It's low-key kind of fun. He can do a bunch of cool shit. And then he, Harry grows gills because of the, the potion they make for in the fourth one. So I think potion making gets a lot of hate basically, basically because Snape is uh, just a mean teacher. And I wouldn't want Snape as my teacher. I just would want someone else to teach me potions. So I think potions would be kind of fun, though. Yeah, potions would be fun, and I also think that the the sixth Harry Potter made potions look even more fun, right? Uh, yeah, especially with, the with like Slughorn luck. and stuff. Imagine yeah. if you just made liquid luck for yourself all the time. So cool. So yeah, potions. I think it's a bad rap, but Olivia, what would you choose? You're tro- you're totally choosing Transfiguration, aren't you? Well, actually, okay, Transfiguration sounds pretty cool, but I think Charms class is underrated. Because think of all the cool things, like, and essential, like, day-to-day tasks you learn how to do in charms class. Like, bringing something across the room, making something levitate, just, like, really handy daily things that you need to know. Basically, you're saying, I'm lazy, and I just want to learn all the spells to do stuff for me. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I think we can all agree that, um, what's the course Professor Trelawney teaches? I always forget. Herbology. Oh, no. Uh, no, no, divination. No. Divinations. Divinations. Yeah. yeah, that one's uh, that one's boring. That's my least favorite one. Herbology, yeah, I'm so cool. Boring. With, but yeah, uh, herbology's the, I, cool. I like how they all pronounce herbology. They're all like herbology, 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 herbology. <laughs> herbology. Uh, amazing, amazing. All right, so we're gonna move to something we haven't done before. This is the lightning round. I'm gonna ask you guys a this or that question, and as soon as the question finishes, you have to give me an answer. As soon as possible. No thinking, no taking time to give an answer. I just want to hear what your answer is. And then we'll dive into your answers afterwards. First question. The better movie fictional sport, Quidditch or pod racing? Quidditch. Quidditch. Ooh, Dylan, you hesitated though. You hesitated. I wanted to go pod racing so badly, but it's Quidditch. Okay, okay. Wow. I think I would have gone pod racing, to be honest. I mean, Quidditch is cool and all. Really? Pod racing is constant action. Constant now action. this is pod racing <laughs> it's working it's working i would love pod race love pod racing okay do you remember the game where you could pod race do i remember like that game 64? oh my god that game changed my life i played it i love that game so much oh man olivia did you play that game no i did oh. not oh okay. harry potter games were pretty fun too dude i play a lot of harry potter games too they were so bad but i played all of them i think yeah, they were bad, but they had PS1 Hagrid. Oh my god, PS1 Hagrid is iconic. <laughs> I've been loving all the memes going around. Of like, as soon as I heard, yeah. I came down running to the castle. 
Uh, his face is like a pancake, basically. Have you seen that, Olivia? Um, I've seen the memes, but I'm not really familiar with the where the the, where it came from. Yeah, jeez, okay, <laughs> you're right. such a not a gamer nerd. Okay. I know. I know. Next I'm question: sorry. Which character do you like more? Who sports a scar on his face? Harry from Harry Potter or Scar from Lion King? Harry. Harry. Wow. Scar's mean. Scar rules. Whatever. Scar's a jerk. He's mean. He killed his brother. He's a murderer. Yeah, but he is awesome, and he sings that really awesome song. Okay, the song does slap. I'll give him he's that. Got a, he's got a banging song. He does a got terrible, a banging song. Terrible attitude. Okay, fine. All right, fine. Which is more tragic, Harry Potter's parents' death or Bruce Wayne's parents' death? Harry Potter. Bruce Wayne. Now we have some debate. Okay, Olivia says Harry. Olivia, why Harry over Bruce Wayne? Um. Okay, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I want to change my answer, but I know I can't. Well, so let me try to defend you can. This. I but can. Why are you changing your answer? Okay, because at first I was like, oh, well, I kind of care about Harry Potter more than Bruce Wayne. No offense. So originally that's why I thought it was worse. But Harry's parents were killed in front of him, yes, but he was a baby. So he doesn't really remember mm. it that much. Where okay. Bruce Wayne was a child and like very much was part of it. And it's not just like a distant memory. It is like a clear forever memory. Okay. Dylan? So that's why did you choose batman that was my point exactly he's pretty much a full-grown kid by the time uh his parents are murdered in front of him but i also think the way bruce wayne's parents are murdered versus the way harry's parents are murdered you know in harry potter you get Mm, kind of like this pg like and he used a spell and they were dead kind of uh uh explanation and then you later find out about avada kedavra but uh in the batman movies his parents get like viscerally gunned down in front of him um and i think it's way more realistic and it makes it way more scarier because uh it puts you in the place of like what if this happened to me uh Interesting. so i think that's why i would choose bruce wayne i kind of lean toward harry potter only because i feel like once you know the backstory behind like lily and uh severus snape oh, gets true. a little bit gets a little bit more tragic knowing like he walked in saw her dead and like cries over her um, I think that's why it's just a little bit more tragic for me. I mean, uh, they're both tragic, but I think I lean towards Harry Potter simply because the backstory is more complicated, um, not as straightforward. That's very fair. Another thing I have to add on that, too, is I feel like Harry's parents' death was a little more dignified in a way because, like, the biggest, strongest wizard of all time came and killed them, whereas Bruce Wayne's parents, it was just, mm, it was point, just somebody, like mugging him basically so it's it's not like a big spectacle of a way to die if that makes sense no that's fair all right wow we all have made great points there's no right or wrong answer so we'll move on we'll move on my last one battle of the dogs fang from this movie harry potter one or hercules aka the beast from sandlot which is the better dog fang 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 100 percent. are you both shitting me fang is your choice (laughs) Yes. I can't tell if you're... Why? Because... Just, there's that scene in the movie where he's like, I think Draco goes, but we want Fang. And then Hagrid goes, well, good luck, because he's a baby. And yeah, and he Fang like runs away. His, like, I don't want yeah, a but cowardly he's so dog. He's a do- I love the big slobberly dog. Oh, he's so cute. The I want that dog. Hercules slobbers everywhere. That's like his thing. He slobbers on, yeah, but- on smalls. Fang has never been a scary, a scarily framed dog, whereas Hercules was made to seem very scary in the beginning. Wow. This is some Hercules slander that I'm not really wanting to accept right now. Olivia, what's your reasoning? I, I just feel more of a connection with Fang. What, for the one movie he's in? He's in more than one he's movie. He's in more than one okay, movie. He he's doesn't in really, the second one. He doesn't really come up very often. Let's just say that. He's an important character. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Uh, I, I am I just, Team Hercules. I love him. He's so cute. How, how how are you, Team Hercules? Because Hercules is cuter. He's they're both the same breed, so essentially they're like the same dog. I think you get more screen time with Hercules, and you get to see that he ends up being like more of an adorable dog. Who he's just misunderstood. I like Hercules more. Team Hercules. I'm gonna post this later and find out what people say. I think I'm not alone here, so I'll find out. I think you might be more alone than you think. Wow. Yeah, I, I hope not. I it's so going to really burst my bubble. I think the Fang supporters are going to come out of the woodwork. 
it's just gonna be harry potter supporters and like blindly voting for fang okay whatever <laughs> moving on let's let's rank some things before we close out the podcast olivia what do you have for us to rank tonight so obviously we, we touched on professors a bit when we were talking about classes but Ooh. rank these four professors from who you would want to be your teacher the least to who you oh, would want I to like be your teacher this. the most okay cool 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 Go for so it. the four i chose were madam hooch the quidditch um instructor and i just chose teachers that were in this movie particularly fair fair, fair. Um, Professor Flitwick, the charms teacher, Professor McGonagall, and Professor Snape. Easy. This is so easy. Uh, last place is Snape. Look, Snape's cool character. Gets better as the movies progress, books progress. But I would fucking hate him as a teacher. Uh, well, actually, back up. I'm a Slytherin. Um, let me, let me, let me back up for a second. He's uh, your last, guy. Last place, uh, what's her name? Professor Hoochie? Hooch. 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 Madam Hooch. Uh, <laughs> Madam Hooch, last place. Uh, look, Madam Hooch is cool. Cool instructor. This brings up another question entirely. I have a lot of questions about Quidditch, obviously. But, like, what does a ref actually do in Quidditch? It feels like she doesn't really do shit, to be honest. <laughs> um, she's just kind of flying around and calls the game when it ends. Anyways, Madam Hooch is last. Then it goes Professor uh, Charms. What's his name? Fl- Flint? Flitwick. Flitwick. Flitwick is third. Second is McGonagall. My boy Snape first. I'm t- I'm a Slytherin house. He's gonna treat me very well, so I'm not afraid to have Snape as a teacher like I thought I would. So that's my order, Dylan. So I have Hooch, Madam Hooch, at number four. I think Madam Hooch is a bit of a jerk. Wow. Um, and rewatching it, especially like the way she treats like Neville and stuff like that. Like Neville is just like misunderstandably like gets on his broom and like has trouble controlling it and she's like yelling at him like like, he can't help it like what do you want him to do like um and i just think she has like a very harsh tone for a first year teacher that's fair Uh, i would not have been a fan of her uh number three i gotta go snape i actually think snape's actually a good teacher he may not like like gryffindors but i think he's like he knows what he's doing and he would teach a good class and if you're a Slytherin or you're not on his bad side, he'd probably be, you know, favorable towards you. Hell yeah. Uh, but I still have him at three just because I don't, I would be afraid of getting on his bad side constantly. I wouldn't want to mess up anything if, for example, he liked me as a student and then I like got a bad grade and then he started treating, I would be afraid of like him as a person. That's fair. Uh, then at number two, I've got Flitwick. He just seems like a cool guy. He does know? seem like a cool guy. I don't think. He seems like a harsh dude. He seems very, like, soft-spoken. I think uh, he would have been a fine teacher. And number one, I've got McGonagall because she's just awesome, I think, in every aspect. Maybe she's a little bit harsh sometimes, but it's always uh, for a good reason. I think she's a very caring woman. Okay. Those are all very reasonable answers and explanations. All right, Olivia, let's hear why Professor McGonagall is number one for you. Okay. Um, so in fourth place, I have Madam Hooch. I agree Damn. with both of you. She's we're, not we're all great. Madam Hooch haters here. Yeah, I feel like she doesn't have much control over her class. No, clearly. And I feel like I wouldn't learn very well from her. Um, in third place, I have Professor Flitwick. He wow, seems place. he seems like fun, like good vibes and everything. And I feel like he wouldn't get mad at me if I made mistakes in his class. But that being said, you know, I don't feel like he doesn't bring too much to the table. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, I can't wait to go to Charms class because Professor Flitwick is teaching it, you know? Yeah. So second place, I have Professor Snape. So I love Snape as a character, but I feel like in terms of being a teacher, kind of like you. what you said, Dylan, he would hate me. He would hate he me. Would... I'm a Gryffindor. Oh, my God. Um, I-, I can just see it already. I can see you in potions class, and he would for sure be like, Olivia, can you stop talking, please? And then he'd be like mrs jordan and like tell you to leave multiple times <laughs> yeah, a day. That's, page that's what i think so <laughs> i i agree i think so too I, I i only have him in second because i feel like he gives that like raw authentic hogwarts energy that i'm looking for as a student there. <laughs> wow <laughs> okay so in in first place you're correct professor mcgonagall she would probably like oh olivia you tried to turn into a cat here's 50 points for gryffindor because <laughs> fuck why not I think she would like me. I've actually had a teacher very similar to Professor McGonagall when I was in grade two. 
And she really liked me. She said I was a really good student. So Sure. So, yeah, I feel like we'd get along great and she would give me lots of house points. And I believe Professor McGonagall really deeply cares about student success. Okay, wow. Other than Slytherins. I would agree. Other yeah. than Slytherins. She doesn't care about Slytherins. Yeah, she, I mean, I should to lower the dungeons. her on my list. Yeah, Sends them to the dungeons. <laughs> uh, wow. All right. Dylan, what's our last single ranking tonight? As I was looking at the 2001 movies that came out along with Harry Potter, I noticed that 2001 was kind of a big year for fantasy movies. And so I want you to rank these five fantasy movies, one of which is, of course, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. The next is Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, followed by Spirited Away, Shrek, and Monsters, Inc., Monsters, Inc. So out of those five, from your least favorite to your most favorite, rank these 2001 fantasy movies. So in last place is Monsters, Inc. Uh, Mainly because it doesn't scream like... I I get why it's a fantasy. It doesn't scream fantasy like the others. Fourth place, I'm going to give it to Shrek. Love Shrek, obviously. Uh, How dare you? I know, I know. But it doesn't stand up to the other three. Um, Then I'm going Mr. Harry Potter. Then second, I'll go Spirit Away, because it's Spirit Away. But number one, can't, like, touch the Fellowship of the Ring. This is, like, the ultimate piece of fantasy, like, material I've ever seen in my entire life. It probably is, like, my number one fantasy film of all time uh, is Fellowship of the Ring. So I love Fellowship of the Ring, and uh, that's why it's number one. That's for mine. Dylan, I want to hear from you first, and then we'll go to Olivia. I actually have the exact same list as you, I think. Oh, I interesting. have Monsters, Inc. at number five. I will five. be very different. It's... Sorry. I know. <laughs> Continue. I'm excited to hear <laughs> Olivia's. This is why I went to Dylan, because I was like, oh, man, Olivia's going to be like, Shrek 1, Harry Potter 2. I already can predict it. I already know it. I already know it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've got Monsters, Inc. at five. I think you make a pretty good point where it's like got fantasy elements, obviously, with the monsters and all, and there's monsters in Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and yada, 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 but... I do think it's a little bit less fantasy than the others. Uh, then I followed up with Shrek. I love Shrek. Sorry, Olivia. I don't want to make you feel like I don't like it. It's These are all great movies Pretty to upset. me. Pretty uh, upset. Yeah, I know. I knew you'd be. It's. it's I'm sorry. I uh, feel so bad. Uh, not really, though. <laughs> um, and then three, I have Harry Potter. Uh, it's one of my favorites of the franchise as a whole, so I, I really do love it. But... I don't think they compare to the other two, which at number two, I have Spirited Away. And at number one, I have Fellowship of the Ring. Those are two of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And uh, I think they're pretty close to perfect movies. Maybe. Do we have a Lord of the Rings month coming up soon? Should we dedicate one we should. month we should. to Lord of the Rings? Maybe like January or February. January. February can be like love romantic month in January, though. Hmm. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Good ranking. Dylan, obviously, same as mine, so I agree with you completely. All right, let's turn it to Olivia. Olivia, what is your ranking? So, in last place, um, I have Monsters, Inc. Okay. I I really like Monsters, Inc., however, it really makes me upset every time I watch it. So, for that reason, I don't often revisit it. And kind of like what you said, Joe, you know, not super fantasy if we're comparing fantasy movies. Um, in fourth place, I have Spirited Away. Wow. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Wow. That really hurts. Um, obviously, Spirited Away is a very beautiful movie, but for me, it just doesn't compare to the other ones on the list, personally. What? Um, in third place, I have Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, my God. Um, wait, I, th- I, wait, whoa, whoa. I, I did not process that. In third place, you have Fellowship? Yes. Oh, my God. Did. <laughs> This might be Olivia's last episode on the podcast for now. <laughs> I'm kicked off. Voted off the island. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, um, yeah, I, I have Fellowship in the Ring in third place. Um, in second place, I have Philosopher's Stone. Oh, my God. And you really did it. I was, really I was right. I, was I have right. Shrek. <laughs> wow. I can't believe it. Wow. Please tell me you have, like, a Shrek tattoo appointment coming up soon. I I expect you in the next five years to have, like, something on your ankle on your foot, something Shrek related. They just have to. It has to. I think it's like at this point, the amount of time she's talked about it, it's like a, it's needed. Yeah, it really is. I, I think you should consider it. I'll find something on Pinterest for you and send it to you. Thank, thank you. So yeah. you anyways, should get a Shrek and Donkey face. 
Yeah, no, but like minimalist style. Really, really tasteful. Um, minimalist style though. So like no like no like face, just like the outline. Just like the two ears, like donkey ears and then Shrek ears beside yeah, exactly. each other. Exactly. That's pretty actually cool. So- there's there's ways to do it that could be like not too tacky. You could do it in a tasteful way. Yeah. We'll, we'll, so we'll, we'll get like up. all the titles of the movies. Yeah. Or just get like Lore Farquaad's like hair and hat. His hair. Only. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I do we have, let's just hear why you're putting Shrek over fellowship and in spirit away. Shrek, I have more of a personal connection with than the other movies, aside from Philosopher's Stone. But if it was, I don't know, one of my favorite Harry Potter movies, then it would be above Shrek. But- That's fair. But Philosopher's Stone Stone isn't really one of my absolute favorite Harry Potter movies, so therefore I believe that Shrek goes first. Okay. Where it belongs. Can I ask you something, Olivia? Yes. You said that some of the Harry Potter movies do beat out Shrek for you. Yes. Do any of the Harry Potter movies beat out Shrek too? Ooh. So I was actually just contemplating that, um... I actually don't know. I could not give you a definitive answer right now. Um, I think <laughs> Harry Potter as a whole beats out Shrek 2, but I couldn't tell you if one a specific Harry Potter movie beats out Shrek 2. We'll have to like revisit this question on our very last episode yeah. at the closing yeah. minutes again. After the month has ended, we'll ask you again. All right, Olivia, you had four weeks to think about it. What is your answer? And then we'll we'll decide at that point. Contemplate it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Olivia has some homework to leave uh, from this podcast today. So good luck. She's gonna that. have many sleepless nights over this. I know. We're gonna get a text from Olivia next morning saying like, "I can't sleep. All I can think about is Shrek and it's Harry Potter." It's all I can think about. I need to start like writing an essay or something on this. I know. I on this did... topic. Yeah. The pros and cons of Shrek and Harry Potter. Yeah. By Olivia Jordan. A comparative essay. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I know. Oh, uh, wow. Well, we have reached the end of our episode on Harry Potter and the Philosopher's slash Sorcerer's Stone. A great conversation, as always. I am really excited to talk about Harry Potter's whole month. Next week, we'll be discussing Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which might be the best of the entire series. We'll discuss that later as well. I'm very excited to then continue on with, I think, Goblet of Fire. And then the last one is uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2. So, a lot of Harry Potter coming this month. Uh, thank you again, guys, for, for talking about Philosopher's Stone with me today. You can find the House Cinema podcast on TikTok at Cinema Nation, and you can find it on Instagram at House of Cinema. You can find our individual profiles and social media in the description for the podcast. Again, next week, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. See you guys later. Mm-hmm.